You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, Shotaki Zabir. It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. He was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thanks for making the show a part of your day. I really do hope that you enjoy it. And this is the first show of the international break. And it's really wonderful to be able to bring you my conversation with Dave Lee, for those of you who don't know Dave Lee, uh, he is one of the Patreons of the show or patrons of the show, depending on how uh, you say it. Um, but he's also one of the closest fellow Saints fans to my physical location in California. Uh, I live on the coast. He lives inland about three hours uh, by by car. Um, but each year, it turns out that, that we wind up at the same kind of tech conference uh, for teachers. He goes as a member of the media. I go as a teacher who is involved with technology and uh, we go down there and, and we made it a point this year to make sure that we sit and record an episode. So when I rolled in after about six hour, a six hour drive, cause I had to go through uh, Los Angeles, which if you don't know Los Angeles, I guess having, having driven or being, been driven inside London one time, I can say it's, it's like driving through London. It's just not something you should do. Um, but we have to go through LA oftentimes to get, further south, whether I'm going to San Diego or anything like that. So uh, Dave and I met down there. Uh, we sat in the press room. First thing I did when I got out of the car, uh, went to the hotel room, grabbed my, made sure I had my podcasting stuff, uh, put it on my back, rode my bike over to the convention center, found Dave, and we sat and did this. And we did it before JWP was announced in the squad um, uh, for England. So there's a little bit of frustration there on that part, but we'll leave it in because we'll let you know kind of how we feel. And now... I think we're all happy that he's in um, and, and, you know, maybe not everybody else is They're uh, fans of other players. Uh, looks like James Madison, the, the fan base is, is not uh, happy with us, but, but that's okay. Uh, our man is in, hopefully he gets some time and hopefully I think more importantly than anything, he stays healthy. So we'll talk about podcasting as well. Dave is pretty involved in the podcasting kind of ecosystem. Uh, he is on Twitter at AO Dave Lee. He also runs a podcast with his father called the waves of tech. And in addition to that, they help run International Podcast Day. Uh, and we'll talk about all of that because it is a big part of the podcast kind of scene or ecosystem, whatever you want to call it. And he's been around a long time and done a lot of great stuff. So uh, it is something that I am truly appreciative of. In addition to that, I get a little bit on my podcasting high horse about um, just just what I think podcasts are and what they should be. And um, somebody afterwards, when they hear this, called me basically the the proper football man of podcasting. So uh, I apologize for that. I appreciate that. Thank you, Poppy. I love you too. Um, but anyway, we'll get 
to all of that in my conversation with Dave Lee. And I will talk to you again at the end to wrap it all up. But if you want to follow Dave Lee, you can do so. Go on Twitter at AO Dave Lee. Uh, the other accounts that he's with, the Waves of Tech and International Podcast Day are all in the show notes and tagged in the tweets and stuff as well. So uh, enough of that. Let's get to the conversation. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Dave Lee. Uh, Dave, we are sitting in the press room of the Q Conference. Um, what people probably don't know is that you are, I think, technically the closest in proximity Southampton fan to me at about three, three and a half hours. And yet today I drove uh, six and a half hours into the desert and uh, here we are. Yeah, man, it's good to see you again, man. I know we met last year here and you're right, man. We're only three and a half hours apart, but we have to drive many distances, but hopefully we can change that in the future. Get together uh, some games, uh, maybe the late morning, like 930 kickoffs or something. Absolutely. But this is, uh, I mean, this is a wonderful opportunity and it's one of those things that I think as soon as we saw the schedule, we saw there was a match supposed to be played. Uh, we're speaking on Thursday afternoon. There's supposed to be a match on Saturday. We knew we were going to be here. We had plans to watch it together. Maybe, maybe miss a session or, or get breakfast and watch it. But uh, unfortunately due to the FA cup, Nothing to do uh, with that, but we still get to make sure we make time to do this. So thank you for doing this. I know you have media press duties to to attend to, but we'll be all right. Yeah, it was it was cool being able to actually utilize this room right here because I'm I'm covering the this Q conference as, as press uh, with with my podcast and yeah, event eventually sometimes going to work out. I know even I think last year there was some sort of conflict uh, with the game or maybe I was busy and you were free. I can't remember exactly what happened. But yeah, the, you know, the FA Cup ruins everything. But, you know, a three-week break can't be too bad. I want to say last year it was, oh, I remember, because last year I, th- I want to say it was the beginning of the international break because Hughes had just been hired when right. we kind of got here. So we got, remember we talked about that. We just gathered in the back of a room to do that. And it's kind of a weird, I was like thinking about it driving down here, uh, telling my my roommate who doesn't care um, what I have to say about Southampton or anything else. But he I bore him with my t- my uh, my stories about the team all the time. But like, we were driving and he was like, I was like, do you remember last year, you know, Mark Hughes got hired while we were driving and he's just like, no, like, I don't remember any of this. And I was like, matter to me. No. And I was just like, I was trying to figure out a way, like how can I get people's feedback and input? And then it was talking to people, like t- talking to Manchester city fans. He's just like, what are you doing? What are you turning the hotel room into? And I was like, man, I have a show to do. Like, you know, get, get off me. But, uh, I mean, just in case people don't remember, you're on Twitter at AO Dave Lee. Mm-hmm. You're also, I believe at waves of tech. Yeah, at the Waves of Tech. At the Waves of Tech. Uh, and that is your podcast that you run. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But just in case people don't uh, don't know, I mean, how did you become a fan? I became a fan post-World Cup 2014. And I originally had, actually my brother, in fact, had told me about uh, the American Outlaws, which is the U.S. men's and women's national team supporter group, unofficially, but the largest supporter group in, here in America. And so he invited me down to a bar and I got really hooked on following football at that time. And it was really cool to look at it at the international stage. And, you know, growing up, I had played some youth soccer and, you know, was able to travel around, play a little bit of youth, youth football. And then I sort of off and on sort of just followed international football. I never really followed it domestically. It was just, okay, when the World Cup is on. And so 2014 came around watched that tournament, really enjoyed it, and went home. And I was like, all right, I need to follow some English football. And so what I did was I just turned on television, started watching match by match. And I, I purposely watched either one or two games of every club that was out there. 
And I was like, okay, I just need to find a team that resonates with me some way, you know, whether it's the fan base, whether it's a player, whether it's a manager, history of the club. And I was just instantly drawn to Southampton. It's one of those things where I watched them. I'm like, man, this may be my club. But I was like, I didn't want to be too anxious about it. It's like the, the first club I ever watched. I'm like, that's my team. But in fact, that's how it was. And so I, I dove in in 2014, heard about the academy, heard about all the products and what was going on. And so that was sort of my, my entrance into English football. And so since 2000, late 2014, I've, I've been following the club. It's funny you bring up the World Cup and that is such a huge draw. And it was one of the reasons that I was, I was really upset that the U.S. didn't qualify for 2018 because for me... I, I wrote about it a little bit in, in the newsletter uh, from last week, which will come out when we're talking tomorrow. But when people hear this days, I don't know. It's, it's, a long, it's, been, it's been a long drive. Um, so you do the math. But, um, you know, I remember watching the, the, the final where Zidane headbutted the Italian player in the chest. And the name escapes me right now. But I remember watching that live going like, what is happening? You know, what was that? Because I, I didn't watch, but we had watched matches kind of because we would go to my friend's house to, to, you know, exercise or whatever. And then the match would be on when we were done. So we would watch it and, and whatever. And then I remember 2010 at that point I had gone and finished college, started teaching. I was married. Uh, I didn't have a team in it, but I, I showed up and only drank, uh, screwdrivers, which is vodka, orange juice, because I was, I was, I, well, I was supporting the Dutch that day. That was how, that was how I showed that day. Um, it didn't end well for me or them. Um, and, and then I remember 2014, showing up to, uh, to another work thing where they altered our lunchtime. And, you know, there was over a thousand of us there and they let us just, they extended our lunch. They, and they let us watch the U S team, uh, play against Belgium. And it was like, you know, it didn't, we didn't win, but that I remember sitting there with over a thousand other people and just being in the same room and, and everybody kind of being in it together. And it's like, I'm not used to that. That's not, that's not normal. And I'm also not used to sitting across from somebody from somebody while we talk. Cause we usually stare at my computer screen or the, you know, the Dusan Tadic uh, signed card that I have on my wall that uh, keeps me company. But now we're sitting here doing this. So like, it is really like a super cool thing. And then other than football, like they wouldn't, we wouldn't be here doing this. I wouldn't even kind of probably know you, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I think to your point, when you talk about a thousand people getting, getting together for uh, any, any sort of world cup match, whether it's us versus Belgium or, a semifinal or, or just any of the group play, it is really about just that community of footballers, uh, those supporters coming together, you know, and it could be 15 people. It could be a thousand people, or it could be, like you said, two people, you know, watching a game together. And that was one of the big draws to Southampton was just that community feel that I was feeling that, that supporter, they were just loud. They were rambunctious. They were, they were relentless. They were nonstop. And yeah, I, st- I actually still kick myself because that USA versus Belgium game the night before I actually had like a Belgian white ale and I actually blame myself for the loss. You know, Tim Howard, he tried yeah. to come through and, and the team, the team fought, you know, um, ultimately what a two, one loss or whatever. But I still kind of blame myself because, you know, I, I shouldn't, I don't know what I was thinking, having a Belgian beer the day before us versus Belgium match. I, sh- I should have known better. I can't remember. Uh, I wasn't drinking at the time because uh, we, we were still working, but I think I drank plenty after, but I don't know. That's probably Guinness or something else, which we'll have plenty of because it is almost St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if people celebrate that anywhere else or if it's just what we do to sell beer here in the United States, but it works. Um, whatever. Yeah, for, for real. Um, ironically, the only green jersey I have is not from Ireland, but it's okay. It'll, it'll, it'll get me by. Um, but you do have a podcast as well. Uh, 
not football related, but you guys have been going now for well over 400 episodes and that's what you're here doing. So, I mean, just kind of briefly, like what is the show? I know it's called The Waves of Tech, but what do you guys kind of cover and then who do you do the show with? Yeah. So it's The Waves of Tech. My father and I actually started it March 1st, 2007 was our first podcast episode that we ever released. And then when we started, it was both my father, myself and my older brother. And what had happened is my dad had moved about three hours north of where we are currently staying for work. And so to keep in touch with his kids and the rest of the family, we would use the, we just would hop on Skype and we'd chit, chit chat back and forth. But uh, both my dad and my brother worked in IT. And so the conversation always inevitably went around to, to, to IT and technology. And so my dad actually just hit record one night, sent us an episode. And he's like, hey, I've been hearing about these things called podcasts. You want to you wanna launch one? And sure, yeah, of course, the first through 10 episodes back in 2007 were complete garbage. And my dad still sends me some things. And I'm just like, I can't believe we actually put that out in the universe and it's still out there. But well, yeah, it's it's, a, I'm on a, I don't miss a 114. I know about some garbage. Like, yeah. there's, been, there's been a lot of it. So it it's all right. Yeah. But it's um, aside from the origins of that, it's it's a tech variety, kind of a tech grab bag show where we talk about um, on our last episode, we talked about breaking up big tech. That's a big conversation right now. We talk a lot about privacy, but what we really do is find things that are in the technology space, whether it's in education, healthcare, um, aeronautics, um, space, you know, government, international, whatever it is that's tech related, we find what is going on and how it impacts or influences you both as a user and a consumer of technology. And so each week you're going to get four or five different topics around focused of, of technology. And it's cool because I'm, I'm 38. My dad is close to 60 um, 65 actually. And so we get two varying opinions on, on technology. So, and he works, he still is an IT consultant. So he has a different spin than I do. I usually come from the user consumer side of things. And, but yeah, we talk about privacy. We talk about net neutrality. It's, it's a wide variety show that just encompasses all things tech. I mean, and you guys have seen some pretty, pretty big shifts in, in technology over that time. I mean, given at that point, 2007, people are probably still having to hook their iPod up to their computer, sync it. I mean, you're talking dedicated time um, to, for listeners to get to the stuff. So now it's so easy. And I, I mean, I've tried to grow the show and grow the audience and I know how hard it is now. Never mind when people are having to invest probably 10 or 15 minutes just to get stuff onto their iPod or, or whatever. So, I mean, that's, that's, that takes some time. And I mean, at that point, iTunes was I mean, the, the Apple podcast, whatever store was tiny, you know, oh, they're, they're very small. You yeah. could, you could actually browse all of the podcasts in it uh, at that point, I think. And now it's, I mean, there's like over 660,000 podcasts active in, in the iTunes store, which is just an insane number. Um, and like probably, you know, less than a thousand of them are good, but like that's true. That's, that's what I, that, that, but it's part of the, the beauty of it is anybody can do it. It doesn't take, um, I mean, we're, the mics we're using right now are not super expensive. It just, anybody can do it. It just takes a little bit of uh, time to, to learn how to do it. Um, unfortunately, now it's so easy that people, everybody kind of does it. And so exactly. it, it degrades what a podcast might be because somebody maybe listens to one and goes, man, that sounds terrible. I'm never listening to a podcast again. But it's also it's also great, you know? Yeah, it's the the shift over, what, 12 years of podcasting has, has been quite incredible. As you, as you said, it used to take, you know, effort to get a podcast. Now you have all these podcatchers and different apps and, you know, you have these hosting companies that just push out your your uh, your media files out to everybody and yeah to click at a button you can get everything and back in 2007 really through 2010 it was it was dedication to get podcast and for the most part they were mostly tech based you know a few radio shows kind of that mixed uh, variety show would come out 
But yeah, even within the technology space, I mean, in 2007, when we, when we launched, I think YouTube was only like three years old at the time. And now you think that's the biggest search engine in the world right now, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, things have definitely shifted. There's, uh, you know, a hundred thousand plus podcasts that are out there. Great tools. But as you said, there's, there's an obvious downside sometimes. And, you know, I, I get a lot of people that say, oh, I listened to a podcast. It was terrible. I'm like, you, you turn on television, you watch one sporting event, you watch one TV show. It doesn't mean everything on TV is terrible. Right. You know, it's like, take your time, filter through because you're right. I mean, it could take five seconds to set up a podcast and all of a sudden you're a podcaster. It doesn't mean it's that good of quality. I've actually, I mean, the very, the, the conference we are at, I got an argument with somebody two years ago over the guy that was sitting up at the front of the room that said, just take your phone and record it into your thing. And then all you have to do is put it on Google drive and send somebody the link and you have a podcast. And I was like, no, you don't do not lie. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, that ain't it chief, but, um, that's all right. Um, anyway, I, I mean, we could talk about this and, and it is, I mean, it, it does deserve some, some time just simply because I mean, without people like you really like doing it back then, like who knows if I would even be able to, to do this. And if I would even be able to then, you know, once again, like bring it brings back to us sitting here now doing this, you know, nice sunny day and all the stuff it wouldn't even happen. Had you guys probably, you know, or people like you not been working to kind of just improve the podcast infrastructure and, and everything else that goes along with it to make it so easy um, so that I can even sit here and do this now. Yeah. I mean, September 2004 is technically the birth date of, of podcasting and, and the release of a podcast. And so this September, we're going to be coming up on, on 15 years of podcasting, which is pretty incredible. And you're right, that foundation had to be laid in the past. And there has been a lot of attention. There's been a lot of movement and improvement in the space. And I was just happy to be a part of that, you know, and yeah, total about 600 episodes, a variety of shows from sports to um, a historical podcast to to tech, you know, just, just to be a piece of that puzzle is, is quite inspiring. It's, it's a good feeling to have. And in September, you guys will be celebrating how many years of International Podcast Day? So International Podcast Day, will, it, this will be their fifth anniversary. So in 2014, when my dad and I founded International Podcast Day, that was technically the 10-year anniversary okay. of, of a podcast. And so this year, we'll be celebrating our fifth hashtag International Podcast Day event, which is a global event celebrating the power of podcast and the power of voice. And it's, it's just an incredible event where we connect millions of listeners and fans and bring in people from so far, I think over the five years, we have close to 75 different countries represented on our live event. And that's, that's just an incredible, yeah. you know, kind of milestone to think about as well. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that a lot of people probably don't even realize is a thing, but yet when you start doing it, then you start kind of paying attention to it. And because I follow you you know, for, for footballing reasons, I guess, um, I was kind of, I was tuned into it then. And then, it, you know, you start looking at the the number of people who are, who are out there doing stuff and it's not, I mean, this is a sports podcast. This is not, I don't think we're changing anybody's life here. You know, there are things that happen in, in football that we try to, that I try to, pretty hard to, to relate to and, and to be sensitive to and things like that. But I think you, you start looking at some of the shows that are, that are involved with international podcast day and they are really doing powerful kind of life-changing stuff and it's 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 awesome to see and uh so i i wanted to make sure we talked about that because i really appreciate you guys taking the time and effort to to do that and then put on a thing a 24 hour 36 hour or maybe it's a whole weekend i can't really remember like it's about 30, of, of 33 long... hours live <sighs> that's yeah. insane so thank you thank you for that um but i mean let's let's talk about this not to be selfish but absolutely uh, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk um, southampton so I, I have a couple of questions before we even get into to the team because 
on episode 100, I, I launched the, the Patreon um, model site, whatever you want to call it. And I talked to you about it beforehand um, because I was not sure if it was the right thing to do. I wasn't sure if the show warranted that or whatever. And you were very encouraging and you are one of the patrons and our patrons. I always say that wrong, but um, I, I guess just from your perspective, like as, as a, as somebody who supports, I think multiple people on Patreon, what, I mean, for you, what's the, what's the experience been like? And then I guess, you know, why do you do that? Yeah. The experience has been, been pretty cool because you know, I, I'm a $5 a month, uh, Patreon patron, whatever you want to call it. I mix that up too. Don't even really know what to say with that, but, it, but it's, I, I love it because you have access to other Southampton supporters that, that you otherwise wouldn't. I mean, there's a difference between connecting with people on social media, i.e. Twitter, Instagram, and there's, there's a different level being a part of that discord channel where there's more, I don't know, maybe intimate conversation is the, the right word to say where you're a little bit more free to talk about and share your opinions. And I can all, all already see that there's a number of inside jokes that are being created within the yeah. group of what eight or 10 people that are on there at this point. And what I love is that there's, there's a sounding board for us during all the frustration of the club and, and it's in its rational discussion on there too. It's, it's not the banter and you know, this over the top conversation that happens. And that's one reason, because I did want to connect more on a, on a more personal level with a lot of, with a lot of Southampton supporters. And I think we get that. Um, of course, having access to that extra podcast a month has been really cool, whether it's, whether it's a build up show or a preview show for a, a match that's coming up, or it's just a good conversation that you've recorded that has to do with Southampton, you know, and, um, that's, that's one of the big reasons, just these, these added bonuses that you get as being part of it. And of course you get the normal content, plus you get the newsletter. And the thing I like about it is I, I, I continue to surround myself with like-minded Southampton supporters. And I, that's one of the reasons I contribute is because one, your podcast is really good. The supporters and listeners you have behind the scenes are, are, are awesome as well. Um, very supportive as well. But um, yeah, it's one of those things, man. It's it was it was a no brainer, you know, when it came to it. And I know you and I talked about it a year ago or so, and it and it kind of built up. And you know, there's there's always going to be someone out there that loves the content and also wants a little bit more. And I think that's where I was at. I was like, you know what? I I think I give Matt. We we got the you got the website launched, which is cool that you're, you're using that. And that's one thing is as as I like to see that the Patreon funds is going to building the infrastructure of Southampton delivery. Yeah. So, I mean, as a result of, of your contributions and, and the other uh, patrons who support the show, I mean, one, I didn't know what was going to happen when I had launched it. I thought, you know, and I, and I just kind of told myself like, look, I'm not doing this so I can watch that number grow necessarily. I'm doing this because pe people had asked and I wasn't sure if it was like, you know, just a couple of people had asked and that's, that's all I would do it. And I just, I didn't really know what to expect, but I tried to like play down any expectation and then, you know, that first couple of days, like people did it. And it was just like, this is, this is pretty crazy. And then it was like, look, that's enough money to, to launch the website. That's enough money to buy the domain. That's enough money to donate to, um, you know, for, for cancer treatment for, for one of the other podcasters that, I, that we do appreciate. Um, I had told you I had to buy a new mic cable before we came down. So that $7 helps, you know, so that's, 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 that's two patrons that, that, that do that. So, um, and, and that, that discord channel is, is, is great. I'm in a couple of group chats on Twitter and, and Instagram and, and the nice thing about the discord channel is that it's not anybody trying to sell anything. It's not anybody trying to get one over on somebody else or one up somebody else or, or do anything. It's just, what is, why is, you know, 
when, when he was in charge, it's just like, what, what is happening? Yeah. You know? And then, and then now it's like, it, it, it's usually like a little bit of frustration when you talk about the first half uh, last Saturday against Tottenham, it's like, Oh my God, like what's that? What is that? You know, why, why are we not playing this way or whatever? And then, you know, just the, the jubilation as the goals go in and the, the messages start flowing and there is only one non Southampton supporter in the group. Um, and we just let him be because yeah, just let him go. He, he, he pays the money. He likes the show and he is Steven's great. So like we just, it's, it, it, sometimes it's good to have him in there just to, to break us up a little bit if we get in a little bit of a rut, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So I really do appreciate, I mean, everybody that supports the show, whether they, they just listen every week, whether they support the show on Patreon or not, like that is, that is great. But special thanks to you for, for making this happen and being a part of that and really encouraging me to do it. Cause I don't think I would have done it uh, had I not spoken to you about it, you know, the couple of times that we did. So, so thank you. Yeah, no problem, um, man. But now, I mean, where are we at with Southampton? I mean, a little disappointing that we're not playing this weekend because I would have liked to be able to sit and watch a match with you. Cause we still have not done that. True. But I mean, think back to, to, to the current form and think back to kind of the beginning of the year. And we'll even maybe go with, you know, just the time that JDVP has been just kind of on fire and playing well and making tackles and running all over and, covering more distance than anybody else and, or, you know, second most distance, uh, scoring more goals than any other English midfielder. I mean, we can go on, but like, I mean, how are you feeling now coming into this, this section of the season when we have seven or eight games left, whereas last year we were sitting here talking about Mark Hughes being hired and, you know, just hoping, can we stay up? Kind of the same question this year, but I think I, I feel a lot better than I did last year. Yeah. Ralph was a, a very good hire for Southampton. It's I don't think it's any manager that we ever thought was going to come in here because what a year and a half ago after leaving RB Leipzig and what he did with Ingolstadt over in in the Bundesliga, you know he was being eyed for Bayern Munich and some of these other top clubs around the world, and now all of a sudden he drops right at the feet of the Southampton board, and it's like all right, let's get this guy in. And you know I do enjoy a lot of Bundesliga, so I was able to watch him pre coming to Southampton and just just the player pool that he had and the style. That, that he implemented and the tactics, once I saw that he was the hire, I thought this is a perfect guy for the talent pool that we have at Southampton. We, we have some pacing wingers. We, have, we, we do, of course, need help up front you know, with the strikers and stuff, and that would transfer window you know, will we'll get us there. I mean, he was a little bit spoiled at RB Leipzig with the talent he had there with Timo Werner mm-hmm. and, and Paulson. But when you look at the talent pool when Ralph was hired, it was, it was the exact moment in time that we that we needed it was the exact manager he was he was someone that was obviously dedicated to a more pressing style that that fit our character because as you know with Pellegrino and Mark Hughes we talked about in the past and you know we've all talked about it's it was it was more of a it was just a very slow methodical defensive sort of approach we never really unlocked any of the talent I think that's been the biggest pull with Ralph here is that you see the you know the the midfield trio of Romeo Hoiberg and James Ward-Prowse really become unlocked. And you've seen, you know, you know, Jack Stevens, even through his ups and downs, is you saw him and, uh, you know, really go from that back line through the midfield and make some of those runs. You would have never seen that in the past. And for him to make a lot of big moves, i.e., you know, get some of the players on loan, put Valerie in for Suarez, because I was always a fan of Cedric. I, I always thought he was top quality. And then you throw Valerie into the mix, all of a sudden things are a little different. But, you know... Overall, I think the form's been really good. I, I think a lot of us fans really saw what he was capable of the first five matches. Then we kind of hit that lull with, with games that we thought we could beat, right? Against Cardiff, against Burnley, and um, whatever that other third team is, we only got two points out of three matches. 
But then we we figured out that okay, the system needs more tweaking, and I think that's the beauty of of Ralph is that he's tactically able to shift our personnel, shift the tactics when it comes to a, a to you know a bottom of the table defensive style approach versus the likes of how we played against Manchester United, how we played against Tottenham. So we know the talents there. We know he has the ability to unlock that talent. So I think overall, I'm very pleased with our form. You know, obviously ups and downs. Not every fans you know, and supporters are going to be pleased 24 seven, but the way we sit now, you know, last year, I mean, I was, I was essentially trying to convince myself sitting here that we were going to stay up, not really convinced that we were. And now I think just looking at the run of form and the fixtures we have coming up, I think it's, you know, not a guarantee, but I, I'm pretty sure we're going to, we're going to get to the next transfer window and Ralph's going to have a chance to really revamp that squad and really get some of the personnel he wants. Yeah, I mean, the, the matches we have coming up, Brighton's going to be a huge match, obviously. Um, but like you said, the uh, you spoke of tactics a little bit, and I just wanted to, to take a second. Anybody who hasn't read Luke Osmond's piece um, on tactics that he put out this week, or last week by the time you hear this, um, hopefully, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But that's so good. It, I mean, it broke everything down to a T, and you spoke of, of both Maya Yoshida um, and Jack Stevens really stepping up into that space with the ball and, and be able to bypass the initial uh, first line of defense and find passes through to the feet of a center forward or of Redmond or, and, and really allowing them to find space between lines and getting them the ball kind of on the half turn and allowing them to, to then turn and whether it's distributed out to the wingbacks who have now pushed up through that space because they've read the pass and they've seen what's happened. Um, I think it's, it is really been a, a huge transformation versus us passing it laterally across the back four up to the center back, back to the goalkeeper, um, you know, to Romeo, who's then one touching it backwards. And it, it was so frustrating for us because we, 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 we couldn't then go that slowly forward and have the, the really the quality up front to break it down. Teams just sat deep and said, go, go for it. And we're not going to, you know, you're not forcing us to, to, to come out of position. And now we can overload sides of the, of the pitch. We can force them to, to shift and then quickly switch the ball over. And it's been just a, a fantastic thing to watch. Um, and, it definitely takes some, sometimes it takes somebody to point it out to you, like what's happening. And the, that helps me a lot when you watch it because you just try to figure it out. And then and Luke did a great job of breaking it down. So uh, I, I really appreciated that article because it just helped me kind of solidify in my head what, what I was watching, which I think is, is, is really, really good. Um, as you said, the transfer window, if we're a Premier League club at the time, which I think based on the way we've played the past couple of matches, if, if we come out and, and are able to do that, and if we are, if we play as well as we have, when we kind of without the ball almost when we don't have the ball, when we're not trying to break a team down, when we're forcing them to kind of, you know, hit it, whether it's hit them on the counter and not even necessarily counter, but, but press and, and uh, win the ball back high up the pitch when they are trying to transition um, and catch them out that way. I think that is when we are the best versus when we are really slow and methodical, like we've seen, we have, we have the tendency to do that against certain teams and fans get frustrated and it's totally understandable because then we just look, you know, Ralph Hassan will maybe coaching, but at times we just look like under Hughes or under Pellegrino and those are habits that are going to be, you know, hard to break. But, um, you know, in terms of, of the transfer window coming up uh, over, over the summer, you have to think we, we have to have help up front. We just have guys that are injured. And right now, Shane Long and Darley Austin are doing all they can. And I was really worried the second half against Spurs because we were down a goal. Long had been said subbed on and then said subbed off. And now we had to go with no recognized striker and somebody correctly pointed out long is not a recognized striker anyway. So we're not really losing anything. I was like, oh, that's brutal, but you're right. So Truth. Uh, Truth hurt, right? it does. And then so, but, but I mean, Armstrong was, was fantastic. Um, Sims was 
absolutely Sims was fantastic, excellent. you know? And so to, to have that happen and to see the impact that some of those players can make when they finally get a chance, because I think that's something else, something else we've seen is we haven't really had guys get chances. And, and, you know, Gareth Southgate spoke earlier this week or last week about James Ward Prowse, you know, he's only recently broken into the team. It's like, well, he's only recently broken into the team because he's only recently given a chance. Like the Mark Hughes did not utilize him in, in the proper manner and he hadn't utilized him this year. I mean, Jan Benrak was getting into the Poland squad and not playing for us. Mohamed Elianusi is in the Norway squad right now. Hasn't really been playing for us. He's in danger of going Jan Bednarak territory. But the thing is, is I think Ralph has given everybody the chance to, to prove what they have. And, and Elianusi hasn't taken it. And, and you look at some of the players like James Ward-Prowse. Um, you look at what Romeo's done. You look at what Bednarak's done. Vestigard, like everybody has, has really solidified their place or they found themselves being sold or out on loan. Yes, you, you mentioned Yoshida and everybody, obviously with the Asian Cup and his, his month-long break there, there was, a, there was a guy walking around at our conference, was walking around with a, a, a Japanese national jersey. And I just want to go up and give him a hug and be like, I love Yoshida. Like he is, <laughs> he is, I think he has made life for Southampton supporters so much less stressful and so much more enjoyable because he is a guy that, is a veteran on the squad, right? He can easily wear that captain's armband. And I think he's someone that had commands a lot of attention in, in that, in that defensive third, very good on the ball. Um, but yeah, seeing his improvement under Hassan Hoodle and seeing JWP's um, Hoiberg, I, I, you know, I, I think he's, he's been unlocked, but he's also can be a very frustrating player. He can, obviously we've seen the red card. we, you know, he's he's always been a player that I've I've enjoyed having on our squad, but also is a very frustrating player because yeah. uh, he he he's he's just an emotional player, and that's fine, and we love to see that. But it, it can um, suffer the consequences for our club. But yeah, seeing how Ralph's system with his players, where he's given people chances, you know, and we know where people stand on this on this club, right? And the only reason Jack Stevens is getting in is if you know. If, if there's an injury to one of those other three, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not his place right now. And I think rightfully so, but it's looking at sort of the overall scheme. You know, one of the things going into this final, you know, um, eight, nine matches, seven, eight matches of the year is I was always concerned about, okay, how much are these guys being put to the test? So whereas I'm disappointed, you know, there's a couple, there's some call-ups not happening at least they're going to get some rest. They'll have three weeks to get themselves refurbished because that's always been one of my concerns is the depth when it comes to after we've loaned out some players, we didn't call any back. And I've just been concerned with, with it. But I think the way Ralph has utilized the team, that the way he is, you know, subbing players off in the 80th minute just to give them, you know, I mean, 10, 15 minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're a professional athlete and you're playing, you know, sometimes three games in eight days, that's, that's a very meaningful time off. But yeah, it's it's interesting to look how far the club has come and how much more confident we are in the players from any anywhere from you know the midfielders how they're playing. Uh, but but I really appreciate what Ralph has done with the system. It's a very defined system in which we play, as you said, the center back or defensive midfielder pushing up, getting through those lines, center forward, boom, push out to the wingers, and now we're off and running. And the one thing I do love is that I think our character of our team has been changed under Ralph is because not only are we playing a high-press offensive, we're also playing a really pressing defensive style where we've seen James Ward-Prowse get really physical with a lot of players. Um, you've even seen the likes of, of Austin and Ings when he was healthy and Long come back and be physical on defense to try and get those, those uh, ball recoveries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we didn't see with our previous managers, and that is the kind of football we want to see. 
not only because one, it's really smart football, it keeps it competitive, but the fans embrace that. You know, when when you don't see players playing defensively and just allowing open passes and easy lateral and horizontal passing going, fans get frustrated with that. And I know Ralph is is uh is is very strong and adamant about how he plays that system and and I I know I appreciate it. Yeah, I think it, it, it speaks a lot to what he's been able to uh instill in the players and that this is this is what the expectation is. And if we play that way, the fans will get behind you. It even if we we have performances that aren't great. Even if we make mistakes, the, you know, people, people give Shane Long a hard time. And that's because I think we've not, it's not so much Shane Long's fault. It's the fact that we need somebody to score goals. Shane Long does great to run around and press and work hard. But at, in that position, we, we require goals. And I think it was something like 90 substitute appearances and four goals in that time. As a striker, that's not enough. If he was coming on to play midfield and he was just going to go harass somebody, that's fine. fine. But that's not that's not what he's in the team to do necessarily. Um, so while there is a, a place for him in the team, especially right now when there isn't anybody else, um, that's that's really kind of not what we want. But but for the rest of the team to to understand and, and when you see one player go and then you watch the other players react quickly and move in. And when we do it the right way and the defense moves up and doesn't leave large gaps between defensive and midfield, then I mean, it just, it's, it's beautiful to watch because you know that the other teams are just, they can't find a passing lane because we have that extra man in midfield and they start to, to panic. And then whether we win the ball back and it's a throw in or the ball is just kind of like kind of frantically bouncing around in the midfield. Like I think that's when we're the, at, at our best and it's not always uh maybe, you know, it's not Manchester city type passing silky football, one touch all the time, but uh, sometimes we get in the mood where we, we do that too. And it's also just, you know, fantastic to watch, but um, I wanted to quickly, you, you mentioned the the players who got called up for international duty and we, this is a shortened list uh, versus what we've seen in the past. Right. I mean, we've had McCarthy and Gunn both go up uh, earlier in the season uh, to, to England at various levels. Um, we've had a number of other players kind of make it. Vestergaard was left out this time. And really the only players we have going from the uh, back to front, um, Bednarak has going, gone to Poland, Hoiberg is for Denmark, Armstrong for Scotland. Elianusi has made the Norway squad and Long has got called up for Ireland, even though he was just injured. Obafemi was also called up last time, but he's obviously out injured. So, I mean, looking at that, it's 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 kind of a weird, I'm not sure it's a great, the greatest representation of, of our squad that's out there, but I also think that it's a good example. Like you said, some of these guys are going to have a chance to rest. Um, a little disappointed for Vestigar because I think he's he's starting to take steps forward, but I'm really pleased for some of these other guys who are going to get a chance to to go out and do something for their country, especially as the the Euro qualifiers are all there, and um, all of the teams are are playing, are all of the guys are playing for European teams. There's there's nobody traveling, um, you know, over South America or anything like that, so no long trips to really worry about. So I think that's okay, and and hopefully they got a little bit of training in this week. I know some of the guys that are staying back are going to wind up playing a training match. Uh, gets the championship side, so hopefully that gets Ings back in the mix and ready for Brighton. But I mean, anybody that you're—I mean, maybe besides J- James Ward-Prowse, are you, I mean, are you super disappointed that he didn't get in, or do you think anybody else deserved to maybe get in their national team that that missed out? Yeah, I definitely think, as probably every Southampton supporter thinks, is JWP should have been in there. I mean, you look—you look at what Southgate did with that squad, and you know, I his statements of, you know, he's just now getting into the first squad. It's like, you, you look at his mi- minutes since Boxing Day, right? He has 11 matches under his belt. He's got, what, six goals? And I, I get frustrated because I know how some of these international call-ups go because the manager talks to the club. The club says, okay, you can have the player. But sometimes these decisions are made three, four weeks in advance. 
you know, so I, I don't want to give Garrett the benefit of the doubt because, you know, there's always chances to make adjustments to, to rosters. Just because you call someone up, have them on an email list and tell them, okay, you're coming to, you know, have the crest on over your heart doesn't mean anything, you know? And so I think James, uh, JWP based on his performance, absolutely should have, you know, it is disappointing to see like Bertrand not get in there. Um, again, I'm not sure exactly where, um, Valerie stands with his position with his country. Um, but perhaps maybe, you know, another year under the belt, he's, he's going to have, have a chance to represent his country. But I think overall, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Armstrong does with Scotland. I think he's been, I remember the podcast you guys had about when he came over here from Celtic. And I think we've gotten a lot more out of him than I think most fans expected. I think when, when Hughes brought him in, he was underutilized and now we're seeing his, his ability. And I would like to see him get some minutes with Scotland. I just like the guy. I think he's fiery. He's, he's fun to watch on the pitch. Um, but I think overall, I guess in general, you know, Hoiberg deserved the shot. I am disappointed Vestergaard did not get in, but I can, looking at the form over the season, I guess, you can you can see why perhaps that, that national team didn't call him in. But I, I think in general, I think aside from JWP, I think things fell into place as they should have. Just concerning Vestergaard, I think it's, I'm okay with it, I guess, that he didn't go because he has gone in the past and not played. And so for us looking down the stretch, maybe that conversation happens where, you know, Hassan Udo says, are you, are you going to play him? You know, the club asks, are you going to, is he going to get time on the pitch? And if not, we'd rather just keep him here. And granted that's, that's maybe not fair to Vestergaard, but maybe, maybe he, he's, he's going to actually benefit us and maybe in the long term his country uh, by, by staying and getting more training and being on the pitch for us, guaranteeing a spot versus, you know, potentially being displaced by Jack Stevens. Cause we've seen with Hassan Hoodle, when Yoshida goes, he doesn't come back in the team immediately. When some of these other guys went away on international duty and the guys that stayed back, those were the guys who then started the next game because they had had time to work with Haas and Hoodle and, and things like that. So maybe this actually benefits him. And, and the same thing with James Ward-Prowse, I wrote in the newsletter, like my my thinking behind it is I want to see Armstrong and Eli Nussi, especially Eli Nussi, play himself into some form. Like mm-hmm. He's got a little bit more of an attacking role in Norway. They they don't have necessarily the firepower up front, so he's playing kind of wide left and, and really being asked to attack with his, his cousin, I believe playing kind of centrally um, behind the striker. Um, and, and kind of the same thing for Armstrong. He's, his minutes have been here and there. He's been playing kind of as a, as a secondary like striker up with Redmond oftentimes, and he's been good, but hopefully he can just get that going a little bit more and just be a little bit sharper coming back. Whereas I think some of the other guys are going to benefit from staying back. I think Vestergaard, I think Yoshida, even think Stevens is now going to get a chance probably in that training game to play at right at right center back. Um, and so I think that'll be good for them just because it's it, we need to remain kind of solid defensively. And I think that I think that's going to be the best thing for him. So so we will see. And unfortunately, I don't think I don't think Bertrand's ever um, doesn't matter how many times Danny Rose does a dummy in front of his own goal um, to gift us or give somebody else a goal. I don't think I don't think Bertrand's going to get back in. And I haven't liked Danny Rose for a long time simply because of I like Bertrand. And he's been keeping him out of the team. So that's been my uh, my thing. Um, we have some questions from from Patreon and other places. And, yeah, let's go for it. And, and patrons always get priority for. I mean, let me ask you first. I guess is there anything else that you want to say about the team? No, no, I'm I'm cool with questions. I I think we've pretty much covered everything. Everything Southampton run a form, JWP, all those things. Yeah, all right. the power of Ralph. Yes, that's right. Guy. That's Love right. That guy. Um, 
So patrons always get uh, priority for having their questions answered on the show. Uh, generally, we put it on the Patreon side and in the group chat because not everybody uh, chooses to be in the group chat, which is okay. Uh, but it's always there for you if you decide you want to come along and have a chat. But um, Kevin McGee, besides now encouraging Angus Gunn to uh, go ahead and play for Scotland since he didn't get in the English squad, this uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Kevin. But um, anyway, he said, so questions. He goes, how about you, uh, between us, me and you, who who are in the both Americans and who, are, who do watch MLS a, a little bit, um, help him come to an American team to follow. And this is a, this is hard for me because I, I, when I picked Southampton or, you know, decided Southampton was the team and I fell in love with the team, there were some factors that, that went into it. Like one, I don't like the color blue. So all of the blue teams were out that there goes half the league, you know, um, it had to be easy enough to get to. So near enough of a big airport or kind of throughout, you know, Leicester city and some of these other places where I was just looking at the travel time going, I'm never getting there. Um, the weather was important. I live in California. Um, I like to wear shorts most, most of the year. Uh, so, so that was important. And then, you know, you start looking at the teams on the South coast cause it's kind of what, where you get, you know, you're an hour from London, uh, hour and a half ish. You start looking at Academy systems and things that, that they liked. And that's how I did it. If I'm thinking about that for Kevin, it's, it's, it's hard to come the other way and do it because I, have selected the Dynamo and I fell in love with them a long time ago. You, I know, are a Seattle Sounders, Seattle Sounders fan. Um, so it gets, I mean, we're two opposite kind of climates, time zones, anything exactly. else you can think of um, in terms of an academy system. I mean, the Dynamo is not great, um, but I don't know. So if, if you are thinking for, for Kevin, I guess, what are the front runners in your mind in terms of, of uh, teams of support? And I, I'm going to say like, I didn't want to select a team that had some, some dodgy kind of backing from it. So I think that that throws out NYCFC throws out maybe both New York teams. Uh, I'll get, I'll get some, some hate for that. I'm sure. Um, you have some teams that are going to be coming up to the to MLS, you know, next year. Uh, maybe that, that, I don't know. I don't know. So what, what are, where are you thinking when you hear Kevin's question? Yeah. When I, obviously I'm, I'm West coast like you met. And so I, I kind of, you know, I am a, a Seattle supporters. It's again, for me, it's a two and a half hour flight from where I'm at. It's easy to get to. I can also hit up any matches when they play any of the LA based teams, whether that's uh, LA galaxy or LAFC. And, you know, you can easily get to Denver to, to watch um, Colorado. You can even get to uh, Utah to see Real Salt Lake too. So, I mean, those are all reasons why I chose Seattle. I, I fell in love with them because of their supporter culture as, as well, very much similar to Southampton. Plus, they had a couple really, like, Clint Dempsey and DeAndre Yedlin during the 2014 World Cup cycle that I also just fell in love with. But when I think of MLS franchises to follow, one of the clubs that I've always loved has been Sporting Kansas City. And they're a, a Central American team in, in the Midwest of, of the United States. They have a very intimate stadium. They have a very rabid fan base. They are well coached by Peter Vermees. They always have been. They make really smart financial decisions as far as player pools, as far as you know who comes in as a, as a designated player. I've always just been keen on Sporting KC. They've they've always been a club that I, I don't watch much football outside of watching Southampton, watching Schalke in the Bundesliga, or Seattle Sounders. But I will find myself watching a Sporting KC game, and I think it's great. They are one of the original teams in MLS2, formerly Kansas City Wiz. Yeah. And I, I love that culture. I love the city. Everything about it screams that. But you're right. When it comes to even the new 
interim Miami FC, whatever the David <laughs> Beck, I don't even, for, for a team that you can't say their name easily, um, you know, you can't include, but I, I do enjoy like FC Cincinnati, who's new to MLS this year. They just got their franchise tag and again, came out of nowhere from three years ago. So that's a really good club. And I'm just talking division one. There's some division two and three clubs sure. that you can follow like Louisville SC, uh, Las Vegas lights uh-huh. is just a hell of a show to watch. Yeah. They have Eric Winalda, uh, former U S national team. Mm-hmm. Of course he scored the first goal for DC United and MLS in what 96, which is cool to know, but I don't know. I, I would lean towards like a sporting Kansas city. If you're somebody just off the shelf, want to start looking for an MLS team or an American club to follow, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. See, I have a hard time agreeing with that just simply because if you look back at the Houston Dynamo's history, Absolutely. they've had some, some intense battles with sporting KC and that's been kind of the, for, for a long time, it was them battling out in the playoffs or battling out in the conference semifinals. And I was trying to think of, of teams on the East coast simply because from where you're at, Kevin, to fly, to the West coast, you're talking 11 hours to fly to the East coast. You're talking five, um, which is actually, it's the same distance as it is from me to the East coast as it is from, from you. But, um, so I don't know, but I was thinking, and, and I know there's another, uh, not a Patreon supporter, but another supporter of the show, Christian Candler, who I, we have a question from as well. He said, uh, Nashville, um, he's a big Nashville fan Absolutely. and that will give you kind of a, some ground level support and, and you be, you'll be one of the few, um, they have sweet jerseys. They play on a baseball field right now, which isn't the greatest, but uh, they're going to be exciting coming up. Um, or yeah, I think that's my, I think that's my choice. I don't think that, I don't think I want to give the, or I think that's, if I was going to go for, for somebody to, to, to go with, I go that um, you can watch Atlanta, but there, that's kind of a front runner now at this point. Uh, but still, still super exciting. You can see Almiron and what he's doing, um, you know, at Newcastle. Yeah. Um, there's, there's plenty more where that came from. Yeah, I mean, you can even look at like a DC United, which is on East Coast too. I mean, that's, that's a very true. historic 1996, one of the original clubs. And, um, you know, I think Columbus Crew is a very interesting dynamic in that city that's very meaningful to it. Uh, kind of like soccer central here yeah. within the United States. But DC United has has a really good academy. It's still pay to play to mm-hmm. some degree there, which, you know, is is confrontational at best. It's, yeah. it's up for discussion there. But that's a that's another East Coast you know, they, they have a new stadium. They have a really good fan base, the Screaming Eagles. And that's that's something to be considered. But um, yeah. I, I tend towards more of the, the West Coast and the East Coast. Yeah. Um, but that, that could be an East Coast team. All right. All right. Um, he's got another one. He says, then what's the best game you've watched Southampton play? He says, for him, it would be a toss-up between the EFL Cup Final and the 2-1 win over Inter Milan. Um, interestingly, uh, both of those games were played under Claude Puel. True. Um, so I'll let you go first if you can think of a match that uh, that really stands out in your mind. The EFL Cup final definitely stands out. is is one of the most dramatic. Not mostly the enthusiastic part because I would say that that Shane Long victory um, goal over Liverpool was absolute, you know, ecstasy for every Southampton supporter. So that sits in my mind. But the way you see that EFL Cup run where they got it, man, you got up to a two zero run. Uh, Gabbiadini grabs that one, grabs a second one, and then. 86 minute, you know, a great Bertrand ball across the box, just missed by by JWP, and I can't remember who else was in the box there. But then a minute later, just complete, you know, uh, broken hearts for most Southampton fans. And that game does stand out as one of the best games from that team. I mean, you can have a few league games here and there that stand out, mostly just highlight reels, whether it's against an Everton or something like that. But but I 
but I, I don't think I can argue with this fact that that EFL Cup final is probably one of one of my most exciting and um, best games matches to watch. It definitely stands out for me as well, but I'm going to go back to, I think it's 2016 and the draw against Arsenal, the nil-nil against Arsenal. Uh, Fraser Forster had an absolutely just fantastic game and it, it, arguably maybe the best game he's ever played. Uh, definitely at Southampton, but he did have a great game against uh, Barcelona in a Celtic jersey uh, as well. So he he played very, very well in, in, both, in both of those. But that game for me, just going, watching kind of the resoluteness of the defending and all of that stuff and, and also being in my Arsenal best friend's house. That helps. I mean, that for me, I, I think I would go. And it also just because I don't want to pick the same thing as everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so that's good. Um, we have another question, though. Uh, we mentioned Christian Candler earlier. And he uh, is a fan of the show and he sent in some questions and I just lost it on Twitter, which is cool. All right. So uh, before we get to Christian's question, um, Tim Marshall asks, has Fabian Delft taken Gareth Southgate's waistcoat collection hostage? (laughs) I think he has. I mean, he's either that or he's got something really seedy, you know, in his back pocket or something like that. It's, I mean, that, that's a fair question to ask. It's, it's a, it's a definitely head scratcher. He, He's got something over him. And, and I've heard, and I'm, I never know where I fall on this, where, quote unquote, he's a locker room guy, or he's a presence, or he's a veteran, or whatever like that. It's like, I can get that. I mean, he's probably not going to see much playing time. But at the same time, how much does a true locker room kind of guy um, provide for a team? Because there's always, everyone's replaceable, right? Everybody's a bit dispensable. Well, I mean, and this isn't the last time they're going to see each other before the Euros is Fabian Delph going to be playing football by the time the Euros roll around? Exactly. Is, I mean, he's not playing football now <laughs> even. So like, um, and, and the other thing is, is like, you know, maybe in my head I was going, well, you know, he's, he's, he's adaptable. He can play multiple positions. He can play a right back and play midfield. And I was like, Oh wait, James Ward-Prowse can also play he a right back and midfield. So like, exactly. and, and there are other guys on the team. Fabian Delph doesn't wear the armband if Harry Kane's on the, on, on the pitch and Jordan Henderson's there as well. Like, so there are guys there that I are have been around, and maybe they're not as 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 senior as Delph, but they've definitely been there. But I don't want to, I don't want to harp on them too much because I, I feel like we're, at some point we're just beating a dead horse. But I, I'm, I'm I will kick it every once in a while when I walk by. Um, but Candler, Christian Candler, who's at Candler uh, Nero, asks since y'all are both on the West Coast, he is by the way a Nashville supporter living in Nashville. Uh, but he says since y'all are both on the West Coast, what's the craziest thing you've ever done to watch Southampton before? So mine, mine's a little divergent from his question, but okay. it's I, I wasn't able to watch the game, but the EFL Cup final, in fact, I watched at Daytona 500 in Daytona, Florida, um, in the stands. And what had happened, I was in a podcast conference in Orlando, Florida. I was traveling with my mom and my dad, both huge NASCAR fans, and my dad messaged me. He's like, hey, Daytona 500 is going to be happening the same weekend we're going to be in Orlando. I was like, Absolutely. I'm going to go to that amazing sporting event, mm-hmm. check and see what it is. And of course, I looked at the schedule. I'm like, all right, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I wore my Southampton jersey yep. to Daytona 500, obviously the only football fan in that entire place, had my AirPods on, and I sat in the bleachers during Daytona to listen to that entire game. Um, and it was something that's very memorable. It was, and I was listening to the radio broadcast via Southampton FC. Mm-hmm. And just being able to live that experience through that. So that's the craziest place I've been able to watch slash listen to a game. As far as watching, you know, a closest would, you know, probably be having a, you know, James who's uh, lives basically across the street from me, but he lives um, on a little bit farther West coast going to school. He came over about five 30 in the morning to watch the match with me, uh, the opening match of this season. 
But I'll have to say the EFL Cup, I was I was surrounded by NASCAR rabid, rabid audio racing yeah. supporters, and I'm sitting there cheering on Southampton yeah. as as the drama unfolds in that match. Yeah, so, I mean, I think people probably know or maybe, I don't know, so we'll just, we'll just say, like, a lot of times, like, matches start, like, the normal kickoff time is 7 a.m. for us. That's that's a normal 3 p.m. kickoff. Um, anytime you play the, the lunchtime kickoff, you're talking 4, 4.30 uh, a.m. kickoff for us, which is in, insane. Um, you do it. You do it. You just, it's just part of it. And I get up early anyway, uh, but I will tell you that the extra half hour to get up and have the espresso ready to go for kickoff for a four or four thirty a.m. kickoff, that is, you could definitely tell by by seven seven thirty at night that night that we had an early one, and I was the games take some out of me from watching just Absolutely. the emotional energy, I guess, of it. But um, I would say I have left my house at three a.m. before to go watch a game at my at my friend's house. Um, but I would go the EFL Cup final. I had a work meeting, uh, not a work meeting. I had to go evaluate a school, go give a school accreditation. Um, that afternoon at the, the meeting started, I had to meet with parents, but I, I drove down, I left my house about four o'clock in the morning. I drove down to a pub in LA. I walked in as they're flashing the, the, the starting lineup on the screen and the guys are in the huddle and I walk in and it was, and I, I've told the story before, but just man United fans everywhere, seven Southampton fans in the corner. They said, yeah, you're with us Come on over, and just sang the whole time. And I wasn't going to drink cause I had actual professional responsibilities to do. Uh, and they go, Oh, just one, just one, just one. Well, just one turned into like, Oh, just here's my credit card and I'll pick it up later. Like, let's just go. And I just went like, what am I doing? And I had to go back to, to the, uh, to the hotel. And I was like, had a couple shots of espresso laid down, had a couple more shots of espresso, made it through that meeting recorded with Christian Candler, who, who sent in this question. And, uh, we did, we did that episode. And I just remember going like, what, what a day, you know? And so mostly it just involves waking up really early and, uh, and, and, and making sure you see the entire match. Um, the only other time I can think of is one time I, after a Liverpool match, my wife, we had a big birthday party for my wife and, uh, my alarm went off to get up for the match cause it was an early kickoff against Liverpool and I hadn't been to bed yet. So it was just <laughs> like, well, I just turned the thing on and, uh, and tried to stay awake. And that was a, I think it was a draw and I don't think there was any goals. And I just think it was super boring. And I was just like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I think that's that. That's it uh, for 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 those two things. But the I mean, things the club will make us do, though, it's like things, oh yeah, the, the things the things we are supporters is just you know wh- whatever time, whatever location, wherever you're at, you're gonna find a way to watch or listen to that match. And whether it's professional duties aside or anything, it's you know it's what we signed up for. And so it's I, I love hearing those stories, Matt. Yeah, well, I mean, Dave, this has been this has been great. I really appreciate your time. I know we have. I mean, there's there's a lot of days of po- a podcast conference, not podcast conference, a lot of days of tech conference left that we we have to do and a lot of responsibilities. But this, it was nice to to get out of the six hour drive and sit here and be able to to sit here and talk to you about this because this, I mean, this is what makes me smile. This is what I was looking forward to all day. Yeah. So so thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I'm glad we were able to meet up. Uh, kind of a one year anniversary. Hopefully, we 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 should be able to meet before next March when we come out. We really season. should. There's no yeah. there's no excuse. I mean, we're that close. But yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, let me let me talk about my podcast, International Podcast Day, talking a little bit about the club. And it, it's good, as we mentioned, that we recorded on this first day of the conference because I think last time, as you said, we were in the back of a conference. It was three days of talking. Our voices were sore. Um, it was, you know, our, our throats were dry and everything like that. And no, it's, it's just great to, to sit down and, and sit with the Southampton supporter and kind of get some things off your chest, both good and bad. Well, like we said earlier, I don't usually get to sit and look at my guests. Usually this is a, this is a Skype thing and that's okay. And I love that, but this is one of the opportunities we actually get to sit down and talk to somebody. It's fantastic. But 
on that note, I do want to mention April 20th, the match against Newcastle. There is a group of people getting together in New York City at uh, Legends, I believe, to watch that match together. That is the day before Easter Sunday, I believe. Um, so people, I think people are planning on coming in. They, I think I know they need at least 50 commitments from from fans, whether it's Canada, USA, even I don't know if people are coming over from the UK or whatever, but that is what they are trying to do. So um, if you want information on that, I am not in charge of it. Uh, I actually have nothing to do with it. I tried to potentially get my family to go to New York, just happened to be on that day. And then Matt, who's here with me, uh, you know, blew my, he's like, Oh, did you tell your wife there was, there was the, you know, the meetup there for, for saints. And I was just like, no man, I didn't. I yeah. just asked her if she Thanks, wanted to buddy. go to New York over spring break. So thanks. And they're like, yeah, we were going to take the red eye on Thursday night and be there Friday. And then, you know, Oh, maybe Southampton played on Saturday and I want to make sure I watch it. And now, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks buddy. Uh, but I can't say he's actually, you mentioned, uh, you know, my Ishida earlier, he actually went to Japan over the summer and he's just like, you guys have any, you know, <laughs> any connection? a team you like, you guys have any Japanese players? I was like, yeah, my Yoshida. And he's like, all right, I'm in. Like, so, so he, he's a big my Yoshida fan. Okay. He was not happy when Hasa Noodle was not playing my Yoshida. Okay. Uh, but, but he'll be, he'll be happy to, to see that uh, we, we also like him and now he's playing again. So that's pretty good. But Dave, thank you so much. Um, if people want to follow you on Twitter, they can do that at AO Dave Lee and at the waves of tech. Yep. And also on Instagram, both, both accounts, same, same thing, thing, right? Yep. Okay. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you around. Thanks. Appreciate it. And that does it for episode 114 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Dave Lee. You can find him on Twitter at AO Dave Lee, at The Waves of Tech, and at International Podcast Day. If you're into technology podcasts or just podcasts in general, uh, those are things I would go ahead and check out. You can get them in the show notes. And although this is the only episode for this week, uh, you can get more from the show by subscribing to the newsletter, and you can do that at SouthamptonDelivery.com. There are links there to sign up for the newsletter, as well as links to take you the various podcast catchers and applications uh, where you can sign up to subscribe to the show to make sure that you do not miss future episodes. Um, I would be very appreciative if you did that. And if you decided you wanted to be a little extra helpful, you could write a review. That's also good. Writing stuff is good. It doesn't take long. Uh, it helps other people find out about the show. It lets iTunes know that people do care. Um, lets me know you care. And I kind of like it. So uh, maybe since you're not waiting for Southampton to play this weekend, you could you could write a nice thing. That would be good. I'm not sure I'm doing a good job on this, but um, I have a lot of things to do this evening. And my kid is sick. Uh, so... I'm going to keep going with this. Uh, the logo for the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. The Southampton page is the official partner of the show, and for all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to check out the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The guys over there have done a fantastic job keeping me up to date with news, which they also do to you. So um, go ahead and check them out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. 
As Dave mentioned during our conversation, he is a Patreon of the show or a patron of the show. He gets access to a private chat with me. He also gets priority for having his questions answered each and every week on the show, in addition to getting bonus content from me and from the other contributors here uh, at the show. So uh, if that sounds good to you, you can do that. Head to patreon.com slash SFC delivery. There are also links on the show website at southamptondelivery.com. That does it for this week. I'm going to go. I hope that you have a great day. And until next time, remember that together we march on. 